any thoughts on other composers, people whose work you particularly admire? Yeah, um, well, who is there? <laughs> There's lots of them, actually. But, uh, they're not sort of big as composers, mainly don't. Uh, I like, still, I think, Goffin and King. Because they're, they're the kind of writers that we set out to be. You know, they, those were what we wanted to be uh, originally. Because it was very... They wrote all the big sort of hits at the time. And they, they were, were always, nice as well. Yeah, always nice sort of commercial, great, sort of easy to sing and, and everything. But not horrible. They were all sort of, you know... I mean, they're yeah, never sickly, you know. They're up above the corn belt. Yeah. And uh, interesting as songs. And we were just deciding which one was going to be Carol and sort of decided we'd have our own system it instead. It turned out to be me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to McCartney and Goal. This is the podcast that debates and dissects a great album of pop music. We take some stories about an album that we love, we mix in some opinion, we sprinkle over a World Cup style knockout scenario and stick Oh, you are really ploughing through this intro. You just. <laughs> the list has got to know we spent an hour with technical issues and we just want to get this <laughs> done. <laughs> a whole hour later, after all the technicians, I'm going to do this as quickly as I humanly can. Go on, Dave. Uh, I said, start again. Start Inject again, less on, emotion. Nice. Take, take your time. It. Take your time. And stick it all in a blender. The results <laughs> could be delectable, but we could make them inedible. I'm David Hughes, and I'm joined by my fellow referees, Brett. Hello. And Steve Sumner. Hello. And we'll start with the qualifying round to whittle the album down to eight quarterfinal tracks before we meander to the nerve-jangling semis and stumble our way to the big one, the final. We may be uninformed, we could be biased, we will certainly be unruly. And it is beyond any doubt that Paul McCartney will not be harmed during the making of this podcast. Paul McCartney will not be harmed. Not going to happen. UN observers have confirmed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you can't Lovely. stick with the UN. I thought I thought the UN observers were a one-off last week, uh, but is that going to be a running uh, running thing now? Yeah, they they're back this week. They, is they, it not Interpol uh, this week? No, and in, Interpol is back, and he says, "Fine." <laughs> they're they're just waiting outside my uh, spare bedroom door. Uh, right, good. Where are we going to leave? Where you are tonight? you going with that joke? <laughs> Fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, where are we going to lead you tonight? Back to a beautiful album that appeared when the optimistic hippie 60s were smack water under the bridge. Recorded in 1971. <laughs> Recorded in, in 1971 in LA. So far away from her native Brooklyn, it features a tapestry of artists that were recording in LA in the early 70s. James Taylor, Joni Mitchell. It's the aforementioned Tapestry by Carol King. It's too late, Steve. Those puns have just happened. <laughs> oh, oh, lovely! Lovely stuff. Lovely. I've, I've definitely grown to enjoy the uh, the pun the punnery. Mm. You could have weaved you know? something better there, Dave. That you could have really sewn it together. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't like you lacked that, material. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> What's no? I can't cope with both of you doing puns. What one of you having a pun official pun section is is fine, but stereo punage is 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 too much for me. So moving on. We're going to get into Goffin King. So, uh, Jerry Goffin, Carol King uh, yeah. wrote the following songs together. Uh, can you name the artist? 
Just yes, yes, you can. <laughs> the artist, you know, tell me who it is. It's Shirelle. Shirelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, just shout it out. Oh, okay. All right. And though it really hurts me so, there's something that I've got to say. Take good care of is Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren. Uh, Bobby V. And it was also covered by which uh, 60s Brit Invasion band on their Live at the BBC album? The Beatles. Kinks. Beatles did a cover of Take Good Care of My Baby. Speaking of which... Another Beatles cover. Who's this though? Is this the super- that, that was the Cookies, and this was the Beatles cover. Yeah. Chains, my baby's got me locked up in chains, and they ain't the kind that you can see. That's Herman and Hermits. Herman's Hermits. Drifters. Drifters. Yeah. Up on the roof. When this old world starts getting me down And people are just too much for me to face Up on the roof I climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares get Little Eva. Little Eva. Yeah. Kylie, obviously. The monkeys, yeah. monkeys. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that she wrote that. That's really interesting. Yeah. She wrote that. Actually, that one, if we go back to that one, so this is an interesting one. So ah, she, Pleasant Valley she wrote, Sunday. Pleasant Valley Sunday, yeah. She wrote the music. Uh, the right. lyrics were written by Jerry Goffin. So Car- King Goffin, she was the music and he was the lyricist. He was the... Yeah. Yes, but wow. she had written, uh, prior to their, their so partnership, incredible. she had written lyrics. And then later on she said, I think my early lyrics were weak. Like, I was really pleased with my early music, but I think my early lyrics were weak, which is one of the reasons she, she got into that partnership, which then turned into a marriage, which then turned into a divorce. But um, one of the reasons she got with him uh, music partnership-wise was, was because of his lyric writing, because she felt her own was weak. But one of the things I think we'll see out of this album is that, is that she got at least as good as him at lyrics if not better 
uh, over time. And he, he didn't write any music. She did all the music. I can't swear to I, that. I think, I think that's she, right. I think she did wow. all the music and and Some later on she did... incredible tunage there from Carol she, Well, she did all yeah. her lyrics or most of yeah. her lyrics, but she, she contributed some of the lyrics as well. I mean, it is just... They did 200, 200 songs. In, in, they were doing one song a week. They were doing two hundred. They did two hundred songs, um, and they just knocked him out in in the Brill Building. Wow! Um, it, it's just incredible. And then part of the reason for this quiz is is to um, almost display what is almost an A to Z of sixties, early sixties. Yeah, uh, and also American songbook. When have when have we when have we discussed so, you know, someone who who was covered by the Beatles not who covered the Beatles but was you know she, mm. she was covered mm. by the Beatles mm. the most important rock and roll band of all time and this mm. is you know she is one of the most important songwriters but in two mm. decades for two completely different reasons which is what makes her unique I think. So, so just uh, yeah, ca- carrying on this man. three more to get through do you know who this is The Ronettes? No. Supremes? No. The Marvelettes. So it's one fine day. It's the Chiffons, which was ripped off by which Beatle? Oh, is it um, the one for the court case? Yes. Yeah. Um, so George Harrison. He got, he got, yes, it is. George Harrison Lord, got sued. Um, yes, that's right. My sweet Lord. My sweet, I mean, sweet Lord that's got... a stretch, isn't it? That's a bit harsh when you listen. Uh, that was a Goffin King tune. One Fine Day is, yeah. One Fine Day was a Goffin King. It was the it was the guitar solo, wasn't it, that he got No, it was for. the key. It was the uh, the the, um, the chords, just the, the chords and the melody for the tune. All right, crack, we'll crack on, Dave, because okay. we're 15 minutes in. Um, I don't want to crack the whip, but, you know, <laughs> we, we did make a... This is 15 minutes, we haven't even started talking about the album. Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield. Oh, yes, I know someone will love that. Which rock and roll band covered it? Which rock band covered it? Oh, the Trash Can Sinatras? Oh, was it the Birds? The, the Birds. The Birds, yeah. Oh, sorry, Dave, you got it there. Yeah, it was the Birds, yeah. That's the birds. This is the birds. Wasn't born to follow, which was lovely. Very famously used in the last scene of which film? Easy Rider, 1969. Nice. I think Steve wins that quiz with that final flourish there. The first qualifier is the song Tapestry against oh, Will You Love Me Tomorrow. Oh, easy. Let's save time. Will You Love Me Tomorrow. Bosh, next. <laughs> My life has been a tapestry of rich and Yeah, all right. So, so for me, Tapestry is one of two outliers on this album. I think this album is practically a concept album. It's sort of a concept album about about uh, sort of love relationships and breakups. And there are two songs that are outliers, which are Smackwater Jack mm. and, and Tapestry, for some for several reasons. One, the lyrics on Tapestry are kind of it's like a sort of slightly meandering psychedelic 
thing with biblical stuff in there and it's much less focused than a lot of the other stuff i actually really like it but the other thing is musically it sounds like it should be in a musical it it, it doesn't you know mm. it, it, i can't begin to sort of quantify how much it sounds you know it sounds like it, it should be uh in the middle of sort of some sort of lloyd webber piece or something and also uh, the rest of the album is completely devoid of key changes. I think there's one in one of the songs. And in this, she changes, she modulates the key like five times or something. It's like, how many times can I modulate the key? <laughs> it's like, what, what, why, why are you doing this? And it, it, it's a complete outlier. I actually really like it, but I like it in the middle of a musical. In the middle of this album, it's an outlier and it doesn't belong here, so it needs to go down. Not least because the other is a classic, but just on its own merit, I would have voted it down anyway. It's funny that it gives its name to the album because mm, it doesn't really appear to have meaning tapestry that the the lyrics are this sort of magical figure and no one really seems to know what it means even carol king hasn't really ever been able to explain it but this album is so full of meaning so it yeah i agree it's it's a story song isn't it right next to smack water jack which is another story song and two of them wedged together just i agree doesn't seem to flow no, could it? Maybe she chose that as the title track of the album because uh, I suppose it's quite an eclectic album, isn't it? In a way, there's quite a different lot of songs. Yeah, it, it works. It's a beautiful image, album title. Tapestry, it, it, you know, maybe it that's fits, why she chose it fits, but it's not like a statement song that gives no, its name no, to no, the no, album. It's, it's, no. And just to reiterate, I like the song. I yeah. just think that it doesn't fit in what feels like a concept album without a, an official concept. Okay, so cool. Right, so easy. next, will, uh, will you love me tomorrow? Is through to the quarterfinals. We'll meet that again Lovely. later. Uh, the next qualifier is home again against beautiful. Sometimes I wonder if I'm ever gonna make it home again. It's so far and out of sight. Again, I like it. It's yeah. It's it's yeah. again. These are both interesting because they they're not outliers. They do fit the theme. They are nice. Well, one's a nice love song and one is not. Um, but they are lesser songs than some of the other big classics on here. I like the way Home Again, it's such a small point, but I love the way Home Again builds to the word marrow. <laughs> when I first heard it, I was like, to the marrow. <laughs> and I thought, wow, is she going to rhyme with this? Because she's really limited, because she really hits that word really hard. It's like building to a rhyme and then doesn't rhyme anything with it at all. It's like, oh, okay, that was the way around it. Well done. <laughs> um, just ignores it, which is which I really enjoy. Beautiful is um, has been covered by Barbara Streisand and Richard Marks. Um, and she said uh, well, beautiful is the title of the broadway musical that was made about her about Be- yeah, beautiful yeah, the, the life yeah, of, yeah carol king yeah 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 and i i don't know it's um i'm gonna go home again here because i really like the chorus in beautiful although she said it came to her spontaneously and if she thought about it more consciously it she would have got it to rhyme because it doesn't rhyme at all there's no rhyme in the chorus uh whatsoever but i think the verses are like really aggressively minor key it's like 
these are in a super super minor key and then i've got this big upbeat um chorus doesn't quite work for me and also it's got that weird synthesizer in it which actually got a lot of criticism at the time And Beautiful's yeah, got that slight show tune quality about it. I can see why that was maybe picked as the yeah, title. Yeah, for the... Well, again, it works. I mean, it's great. Um, it's a it's a lovely, wistful three minutes of music, but it's just slightly kind of music, uh, you know, yeah. sta- uh, Broadway stage song. Mm. And Barbara yeah. Streisand covered it, so yeah, that would, so that, this is what you that, need to know about that. Yeah, one, yeah. if you like that, then you're gonna in like the, in that it fits that style. I'm gonna yeah. go home again. I think it's a really good melody which is like um, all of the songs in this album are great melodies aren't they she's an incredible melodist oh the melody's phenomenal uh, so I'm going to go home again Dave what are you going for yeah uh, home again the next qualifier is way over yonder against I feel the earth move oh this is this is oh. suddenly got Interesting. Uh, I really you got you got to stop saying that. Yeah. that just, it's like right. every yeah. podcast. Hey, there's a everyone, point where everyone's Brett got says, a, something hey, interesting. Everyone's got a catchphrase. Get your own fucking catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, but it's sort of it's sort of paraphrases as this was boring until now, which yeah, is just yeah. really not a good not advert. Something you should not be saying. Not a good advert. No, no but, but find but, a different catchphrase. It's fine. I got no issue with you having a. Catchphrase. But honest, it's honest, isn't it? Right. It's, it's um, honest. It is honest. Uh, where Brett. beyond, I really like. I think it could. I mean, yeah. I'd love to hear Reefer Franklin do. A, a version of it it's yes. such a great gospel soul tune and, and obviously Carol King's got that in her locker um, to do that to just switch into kind of soul and gospel um, and then I feel the earth move as an absolute stone cold kind of classic Carol King tune isn't it but I am going to put the cat amongst the pigeons and go for way over yonder because I just I wouldn't say that was putting the oh, cat amongst okay. the pigeons particularly um, I grew up with i don't know why that's a bit over overstating it but i i when i first sort of started listening to music in the 80s and listened to a lot of pop martika um, i remember martika's version i adored absolutely i had no idea it was by carol king or who the hell carol king was it was just a great great pop song mm. and i'm so attached i rewatched the whole video the other day amazing who is um, martika yeah, for anyone who hasn't heard martika martika's kitchen was the album oh. i seem to remember and the big hits were the cover of i feel the earth move and something else that eludes me it'll come back to me um but yeah i thought martika was great so i'm i've got such um and i love the funky piano bits. oh I toy lo- soldiers I love the funky piano bits and I love the pulsating bass line and it reminds me of Martika so it's got to be Feel the Earth okay. yeah. but but uh, again the other one is a, is a something that, that sounds like a soul classic yeah, I'm going to predict you know, Dave's going to go with that because he loves a bit of a reefer and just the idea of her singing that I think is going to tempt him to go for it I'm, I'm going to go with what? Well, he did, he did, Way yeah. over yonder I think he's going to go with the other one because it reminds oh, me of the beauty of Martika Come on, what are you going for Dave? Um, I... It, 
So the Martika thing's interesting because uh, she had a hit with it 20 years later. So that was at the end of the 80s. This was uh, yeah. released at the start of the 70s. And that is um, one of these things. Uh, as much as I know uh, Carol King's songs, and I think I know them pretty well, you still you still come across them and you're like, oh, that was Carol King as well. There's just yeah, so yeah. much. The depth is just, and the quality yeah, is just definitely. so great. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that... It, you know, people could pull them out now in in the two thousand and twenties and have hits with them because they're that good songs. Yeah, um, they're timeless. Absolutely, yeah, you could absolutely cover this today, couldn't you? And the thing about the, the Martika thing, if you listen to it, it's incredibly eighties. It's sort of proper high eighties mm. synthesizer. Um, you know, it sounds like those sort of Madonna records from sort of eighty six, eighty seven. You know, absolutely. So it never occurred to me that it was a sixties cover because, it, but it translated yeah, so well. Could you do that with a Bob Dylan song, Steve? Question. What, Could Martika like have covered a, a Bob Dylan song and had as equal amount of success? That's interesting, Dylan. Dylan, because yeah, all right, I, know, I see where you're going. Because I've sort of said Dylan can be covered in any which way, but he didn't tend to get covered a lot in '80s pop tunes ways. No, in in fairness, that mm. didn't happen a lot. Every other decade, he's gone down very well and been covered in all sorts of interesting styles. Mm. But the '80s synthesizer thing didn't suit his material <laughs> so well. <laughs> Good, but you know, thanks for the test. <laughs> Um, so okay, Dave, what are you going to? I feel worth move against way over yonder. I think way over yonder is uh, what you said earlier, Brett. Um, she can write in so many different tones. So you, you know, yeah. I can imagine this as Aretha doing a, oh, a soul classic. She can. Carol King can write blues, soul, pop, rock. She can do it in so many different moods. She can write in, and does over this album: melancholic, joyful, empowered. Um, way over yonder is slightly long for the songs on this album, but I. Uh, really do like it, so I'm going to go way over yonder. Is a place that I know where I can find shelter. I was right. I knew he would. I knew he couldn't resist the, even the, the, even the, the vapors of Aretha Franklin. I knew he couldn't resist the, it. The, the vaguest hint of Aretha oh, Franklin. He, could, he in. cannot yes, resist it. I should have realised. Like a moth to a flame. Right. Yeah. All right. Next up. Okay, and the last qualifier is where you lead against Smackwater Jack. That's an easy one uh, for, for me because I've mean, already said it. I think I, I, I do. I enjoy Smackwater Jack. Yes, I do. Mm. Um, although I'm a little bit conf- well, and it's an outlier. I don't think it should be on here. I don't think it fits along with the title track. I, I do wonder where she pulled it out from because it's one of three old Goffin King lyrics rather than a, a lyric of her own. And it's like, why would you? Why would you pull this out? I mean, you, you don't. You know, I can understand why you would pull out the ones that have already been sort of hits that you're reshaping into and sort of reclaiming. Mm. But why why pull this out? Is it, you know, did someone say to you, you need an upbeat fun number or a story song? Because mm. it sure as hell wasn't lack of material. Or, you know, you could have just taken it off completely and had probably a stronger album. 
Uh, and there's nothing wrong with it, but but I, I can't vote for it because where you lead is is. Uh, it feels like an A and R decision great. to put it on. You're right. It does, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, it does. Although I, found, I mean, I found a really uh, nice live version of it on YouTube where she looks like she's really enjoying it. So maybe it was just to have something more upbeat to play yeah. on the tour. I, I yeah. don't know if it was an old song. It could have been an old song from the oh, early to mid sixties. Yeah, but it's, or, if it's Goffin King, it has to have been because they've been divorced for ages by this well, point. So I, I, they weren't writing together. So well, were, no, I don't think they were. Although they were still writing after they got divorced so that the, the goffin king oh, okay. history is that um carol king jerry goffin both grew up in uh new york uh, they met at college he was 20 she was 17 um they got together she became pregnant uh, quite quickly and they got married and both dropped out of college uh goffin jerry goffin worked as a chemist uh, carol king worked as a secretary and then uh, in between discussing chemistry and office politics, they started writing songs in the evening mm-hmm. and then got through all those classics. Mm-hmm. Will you love me tomorrow? Take a care of my baby chains. I'm into something good. Um, and then went into it full time in the Brill Building. Um, they did get divorced, I think, late 60s, possibly by 67, 68. Uh, and yeah. then both moved to L.A. and were living quite close to each other. In, in LA, that obviously their daughters were born by then. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and they were still. But she'd had to do she'd had to do the housewife thing, and she really resented that because he expected her to do the housewife thing and look after the kids, and she was sort of trying to write songs as well, but but sort of you know do all of that at the same time, and I don't think that worked for her at all, which is well, one of the reasons she's she wrote out on her own as far she as she wrote right. some of the greatest songs in the American Songbook while she was looking after kids and playing the supporting role. So it. it might have, yeah, I'm sure it was difficult, but um, she. Yeah, but he was out gallivanting, taking drugs and free love, as far as I understand he, it. So it's like you know, he did have oh dear, uh, really? he did have wow. several affairs, um, and that was, I think, uh, primary cause of the divorce. But then they did both move out to LA together. Uh, were living mm. close by, bringing up their daughters. Just on the and LA still writing quickly, songs she... for a while after that. Really? Okay. Well, no, after I, I all missed, of that, I missed that. Wow. Then. Gosh, I mean. Well, sometimes it happens, and it's like ABBA stayed together after people, you know, broke up, or the White Stripes. Well, and, and rumours, Fleetwood Mac, yeah, that's true. Fleetwood Mac stayed together, you know. So, it, it, you know, I think when people realise that a working relationship it is really working, that sometimes they can, it, you know, work through the other stuff. But the LA thing, just briefly, she moved to Laurel Canyon, and um, I was watching like a, a walkthrough on YouTube the other day. Someone was doing a walking tour of Laurel Canyon. And it's interesting because I've, I've always been a bit of a Laurel Canyon obsessive because uh, there was around about that time, sort of 68 to 72, there was they were all congregating there. It was Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, uh, Mama Cass was kind of bringing it all together. The Doors had a house there. Peter Talk from the Monkees was like the party house where everybody went uh, and got in the pool and got naked and took lots of drugs. Uh, and the list goes on and on but those those were kind of the major players but Carol King's a weird one because she was right in the middle of all of that Crosby was there as well um, she was right in the middle of all of that Jackson Brown was there as well they're all coming to me now uh, and, and had nothing to do with the, the big party scene at all and that and that cover of Tapestry is taken with her cat in the window of her house in Laurel Canyon but she never gets mentioned it in is, any of these Laurel Canyon party stories and that interesting that cover was the last shot the photographer took it's the only one with the cat but no the Laurel Canyon thing I've loved and she she even sounds quite Laurel Canyon-y you know but but never turns up in those stories so I, I guess she just didn't become part of the, the scene so is it Smackwater no, Jack or where you lead she is I think I've seen some interviews with her I think she's a, 
uh, I think she's a very shy person. I know that's kind of a cliche yeah. that people get chucked around, but I genuinely think she's a shy person. It took her ages to come from the background to the foreground. Um, and obviously, we might get onto that later, but James Taylor was very uh, a part of that in helping her uh, do that. Yeah. But even he was into the sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. Right. I think everybody was around her, so I think she was just probably avoiding that. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, Dave, it, for me, it's where you lead. Uh, obviously, also, it's my favourite mix on the yeah. album. A bit of a muso point, but I think if you listen to it with headphones, the the harmonies are mixed much higher and much better than any other song on the album by miles. Yeah, the harmonies uh, are for so some great, reason, aren't they? The, the harmonies, every, the harmonies everywhere else uh, are really. Um, mixed down and all sort of quite badly actually and that this is the best mix on the album also fact fact uh, attack one of the backing singers fact attack one of the backing singers was our dear friend from last week's episode mary clayton oh, oh was he oh, yeah wow. with her with her with it and she wasn't doing her gimme shelter craziness oh. it was just more of a more of a blend but uh, i thought that was a nice little link just over. in case some people haven't listened to everything we've ever put out mary clayton did the uh, vocal on gimme shelter to uh, earth-shattering effect she's an amazing gospel singer yeah okay and um, the, the lyrics yeah. to where you lead were uh tony stern who was a oh, yeah. a, a lady a of yeah, friend of uh carol king's who no um, tony tony stern dave i could forgive you if you thought tony stern was a man because earlier you said okay. you thought that carol king was a man when you were younger or even an avenger but tony yeah tony <laughs> tony stern <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely acceptable that you might have thought of that, but come on, Carol King. Carol King. By, yeah, you by the way, thirty six minutes in. Let's okay. let's, All right. let's chunk up the pace. Oh, yeah, chunk yeah, up the pace. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hang on. Come, um, on. Come on. Come on. Where you lead is my vote, Dave. So it's a three nil for where you lead. Yeah, where you lead. Okay. Did you vote? Actually, I can't remember. <laughs> I'm just assuming. You uh, voted well, that. I was. Who cares? Three I, nil. I Next one. <laughs> Okay, and that concludes the exciting Swift uh, qualifiers. <laughs> to Brett's delight, we're on to the uh, quarterfinals. Love so, yeah, brilliant. Bring first quarterfinal is Will You Love Me Tomorrow against It's Too Late. Ooh, All right, well, too big, late. Big. It's too late. It's, it's not too late to finish your Tony Stern story because oh, Tony Stern wrote the lyrics for It's Too Late. Lovely segue. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a story about the bridge to where you lead, so uh, maybe I'll save oh, so that. Too for... <laughs> maybe I'll save that for where you lead later. We've blown that. Yeah. All right. Okay, but okay, it's well, too late, Steve. Let's do it. So it's too late. Tony Stern, uh, interestingly, wrote the lyrics after she split up with James Taylor, who obviously plays all over this album. So uh, there's a lot of sort of incestuous circling going on um, here, and it's interesting that Carol King clearly doesn't feel as confident anywhere near as confident as a lyricist as she does as a musician because when she nails it she's right up there as a lyricist so I, it's interesting she brings people I, I wonder if this this album was the turning point though where she she does sort of find her 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 place on stage and her confidence on stage so because i think she was yeah, forced to go out and tour this a lot with uh, and, and she was on the road a lot with james taylor um, well, James Taylor was was the first person to really pull her out. I think she was in his backing band in 1969, and he kind of just said, "Oh, I've got this." It's almost like that scene in um, the film 
um, A Star Is Born, where the kind of the established star brings out this young starlet, as it were, to kind of sing. The the hook on this, that that piano hook. Do 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 do. do. You know that one? It's yeah. such a great, a great rock hook of all time. Yeah, I don't think piano sure. hooks get as much prominence as guitars, no. but um, that that one is an all-time, yeah, a worldy. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's too late. It's just, it, it's too late. Really, could be like a, it sounds funny, but it could be on like a, a Tarantino film. It's got that kind of such a kind of cool groove to it. It could just be. It's a great it's, song. It's yeah, cinematic. You could imagine it 100 percent. Tarantino using that. Unfortunately for it, it's up against Will You Love Me Tomorrow, but which is... fortunately for it, it is the most popular song on Spotify for Carol King, so it's a is proper it? dead favourite of Carol King fans, yeah. If you look on... Which, which are you sure, though? Because Spotify sometimes put them, puts the one at the top, then, and actually it's not the one with the most numbers. They're not always in the order you think yeah. they are. I've done that before and thought, oh, this is the top one, but it's not statistically... Yep, as, no, I 76 mil. Challenge. 76 mil for It's Too Late, um, and... Will you love me tomorrow? Ain't even in the top five, so that is a bit weird, isn't it? But if you were going yeah, to listen to Will You Love Me awesome. Tomorrow or search for it, you'd probably go for the Shirelles. Mm. So maybe that's been spread. Maybe the Will You Love Me Tomorrow, Steve, yeah. has been spread spread around. Okay, they spread the, well, they so, spread the mean, Will You Love Me Tomorrow around. <laughs> yeah, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, and this is one of the reasons that people sort of balked a little bit at the time. Was written and recorded the year the pill came out. And therefore, you see, because it's a song about essentially a one-night stand, which really wasn't so much of a thing before The Pill came out, but was becoming a thing because of The Pill, it was really sort of culturally significant lyric. It's like, well, you know, right we'll the tomorrow because we're, we're doing it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. But also it meant that it was, it was a controversial lyric because it was basically about casual sex. quite a thing at the time by the time she did it for tapestry of course it, it wasn't anymore but so, you know the, the whole summer of love had happened and it was, that was neither here nor there but, but when it when it yeah, first huge came out seismic culturally at that point yeah and I think I think the Shirelles bolted at the lyric um, because of that as well so you know, it's, a, it's a hell of a, 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 a lyric for that time mm. anyway great yeah, anyway no, will you love me tomorrow is, is gets my, gets my vote um, it's too late gets my vote Dave difficult decision for you 43 minutes in, no time to prevaricate. Get on with it. Uh, I'm going to go uh, It's Too Late. Nice. Oh, wow. Are you telling me Will You Love Me Tomorrow just got voted oh, out of this competition? Oh, that's what happens, Steve. That's what happens on McCartney goal. That's crazy. A, two things happen. Shocks mm. and McCartney doesn't get harmed. That's it's it. McCartney <laughs> doesn't get harmed. Those are the two, Those are the two major you. that people tune in for is lack of McCartney harming. Um, okay, before Will You Love Me Tomorrow goes, I would actually say one issue I have with it, 
which is an, a very strange pronunciation, uh, which I hoped... I went back to the original to see if they did it any better, and they don't. They do it the same, which is treasure and pleasure, which are pronounced treasure and pleasure. And I find it really <laughs> difficult. It's <laughs> such a strange... It's like this... And I know... Uh, because my choir master used to drum it into me. That makes me sound cool, doesn't it? Rock and uh, roll. That you shouldn't uh, that you shouldn't hold on er because it's a, an unpleasant sound. Mm. So she's gone er rather than er. But either way, I mean, what's wrong with of treasure rather than treasure, which is such a strange pronunciation. It freaks me out. Anyway, minor point. There you go. Don't have time for minor points, Steve. Keep it to the majors. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> right. What's up next, Davros? Second quarter final is home again oh. against You've Got a Friend. Oh. Well, that's You've Got, got a Friend, friend is a massive, massive, massive song. I mean, I can't believe it's not our most famous Spotify song, but I, again, I assume, like Dave said, maybe the James Taylor version gets a lot of the, the, the hitage. I think the James, yeah, he'd already had like he a He had had a huge hit of it. Um, and they have this kind of sweet kind of, supposedly they're only friends. I mean, a lot of people assume they must have been lovers because that's just the way things seemed to roll in the 60s and 70s. If you had a creative partnership, you must have and were um, potentially... Must have been at it. Well, you know, I mean, people kind of assume that, but I, uh, by all accounts, they're not. They're just good friends. So it's, it's quite sweet that that's the lyric on this as well kind of um kind of uh, illustrates that um so what are we saying it's uh, you've got a friend goes through yeah just to move the, yes totally move the song because yeah. we'll come back to that i guess we'll we'll talk yeah, more you've about got a you've got a friend goes through e- easily it's a classic. in the semi okay i think we've got three nil for you've got a friend yeah yeah okay uh next quarter final is so far away up against i feel the earth move no, I've got that wrong, uh, haven't I? I voted for Way Over Yonder. It's so far away against Way Over Yonder. <laughs> great, great. Hold it that together, was, baby. Come on, smooth. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole of this uh, podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. so, go on then. Who who most famously covered "So Far Away"? Pop quiz, anybody? I'm doing the quizzes tonight. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Rod Rod Stewart. Oh. Rod Stewart. Also, pop quiz number two. Whose funeral was it played at? Rod Stewart. No, 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 no. That's that's nasty. Don't don't wish death on Rod. He's still with us. Um, Amy Winehouse. It was an absolute uh, favourite of Amy Winehouse. She used to sing it with her dad apparently, and it was played at her oh, funeral. Wow. Uh, I think it's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I love the "Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore?" refrain and the way she keeps coming back to it. Each time, I, each time she comes back to it, I think she she's going to go so far away and do a different refrain after it. But always comes back to "Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore?" And I'm always surprised that she sticks with it, and I'm always pleased that she sticks with it because it, it's so beautiful. So far away, doesn't anybody stay? Just time away long ago. 
Well, you, you have uh, no, you don't have the deciding vote because me and Steve have both voted for so oh, far cool. away. Well, easy then. I'll go way over yonder because I really like it. Okay. Especially Reefer's version. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, right. So the last course final is where you lead against Natural Woman. Oh. Oh. Right. It's kind of okay. So talking about Aretha Franklin, then I mean her version of it is mind-blowingly good. It's an absolute. It was written for her, apparently. Written specifically right. with her in True. mind. Okay. okay, I think it's going to be well. where you lead goes out here. And I think yeah. it's going to be a 3 nil for Natural Woman. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, or, Does that mean or, you don't want to get into Natural Woman yet? We're going to put it through and talk about it in a minute. Yes, because, Steve, I have got a story Slick. about Slick Tony Stern. Let's, let's, Tony let's with an eye. And we'll just... Yeah, Tony with an eye. Lady so, Tony. Lady... Uh, uh, who was a friend of Carol King's uh, called Tony Stern, who wrote the co-wrote the lyrics on this. Um, it's not a very interesting story, by the way. Oh, I, good. I just I now because we've got like time for a fucking half interesting story. <laughs> no, don't worry, Dave. No. My expectations weren't yeah. low, but I mean, you know, some of the listeners who don't know I, you might have been but slightly I, higher. I, I think we should lower that bar in terms of the expectations yeah, of this story. It's not, it's not that helping. great. Let's just let's just get into it. I can always cut it out. Um, in fact, it's not a story. So my, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's barely a story. It's barely a sentence. Well, it's definitely not an anecdote. So, Carol King had already written the music and the majority of the lyrics for Where You Lead, which is obviously amazing. So she could could write fantastic lyrics as well. Um, And she asked Tony Stern... Are you enjoying this story, Brett? Do you want more of it? I want a lot more of this. Carry on, Dave, and take your ruddy time. Okay, so she was struggling with a part of this song. Uh, yeah, I could turn this into because I say, "Well, do you know what part of the song it was?" She was struggling with the lyrics. No, tell us which part of the song it was. It was David. the bridge. She was oh, struggling with the bridge. Take me to the oh. bridge. So she asked Tony Stern for help, and she actually, because Carol King is uh, one of the most generous songwriters, uh, I think we'll find out later. Uh, she actually asked Tony Stern to write the bridge and offered her co-writing credit for the whole song just for writing oh, the bridge. Good. Um, so what Tony Stern added was the uh, the bit, um, if you want to live in New York City, honey, you know I will. Oh, okay. uh, she I like she actually she wrote, if you want to live in fucking New York City, honey, you know I will. Because she was, um, from Tony Stern's point of view, she thought it was a bit too sort of chasing after the man. So she added this sort of rebellion. If you want to live in fucking New York City, then honey, you know I will. Um, Carol King edited that, obviously, to if you want to live in New York City, honey, you know I will. And Tony Stone got co-writing credit for the whole song, but I think uh, nice. most of that song, ninety percent of that song, is Carol. Okay, well, in that case, as we're talking about, uh, you make me feel like a natural woman. She did the same thing, didn't she? She did the same thing with with the co-credit on that because apparently Jerry Wexler, who was the, I think the manager, anyway, well, worked at Atlantic Records. Yeah. Um, he was basically, he said he was uh, driving around thinking about this concept of the natural man and what natural men mean. And and le- and saw Carol and just happened to see her and leant out of the window and shouted at her that they, that she wanted to write me a song about natural women, <laughs> so and so they did and they gave him uh, a credit just for that comment. So that uh, puts natural woman through three 0 against where you lead and that brings us to the first semi final which is it's too late against you've got a friend. When you're down. 
Both great, both, both deservedly yeah, there. Massive tunes. Um, so, let, so you've got a friend. She said came to a sort of, uh, you know, in, in a flash. It's one of these yeah. wrote itself type yeah. songs, and uh, and it really, really shows. Where you lead is not a classic. It's a very well liked song on a classic album. But I think you've got a friend is a classic. You know, whether we like it or not, we happen to like it. But it's a classic because it's it's part of popular culture in a way that you can't get rid of. I'd like to be friends with Carol King. Because I know I would. Because Carol King is is going to be the best friend I reckon that you will ever have. So James, oh, thanks. Write songs for he you. says she, to two of his best friends. Oh, Dave, don't yeah, take that. Don't song. take that the wrong way, Steve. No, no Carol. He, if if Carol I'm, King phoned him up, he would dump us right now. If she that, said, "Hey, right, Dave, yeah. get rid of those two idiots from your podcasts." Yeah, I want yeah. to do it with you, just me and you. We call it King That's and right, Hughes. We call it King and Hughes. The King and Hughes. Yeah. That's right. If she said if she show. said that she had a a friend slot available and I had to uh, get rid Dump. of one of my friends to be best friends with her, I I definitely do it would, in a She is the do best friend. That I, so um, yeah. far and rain, James Taylor. I mean, he just I, I said think... that without uh, listener, without an area, uh, no no hesitation. no hesitation, just a cold glimmer in his eye of ambition. Just <laughs> happily record. dump. I would dump you, chumps, for Carol King. <laughs> one of you. Well, no, one of you. Dump one of us. Which makes it much worse because no, I mean, I think it's immaterial. First. If Carol. I don't think Dave would care. Just if Carol said to him, which one? He goes, do you choose Carol? Because I just want to be your friend. I just want to be your friend. And so she would choose. So I don't really think he cares which one of us goes. Just one of us goes. Carol King comes into the slot. Yes. And if Carol then decided uncharacteristically that she didn't like the look of either you or either Survivor, we would go as well. That's what I'm getting. Would Carol King be down with doing this podcast every fortnight? I I mean, I doubt it. I mean, if if Carol King said that she wasn't, then that would be all right for me. Yeah, so it's, it's you'd, you'd still be friends with her even if she wasn't because Carol King and I'll, I'll tell you why Carol King is the best friend that you will ever have. And why? Why? Because she wrote a song called "You've Got a Friend." Yes, because not only did she write, <laughs> you also only... want to be friends with Chandler, Joey, Rachel, Phoebe, <laughs> Ross, and Monica. Fuck it, L Dave. Not only did she write a, a, a song called "You've Got a Friend," but first, Carol King heard "Fire and Rain" by James King, and. James Taylor. Uh, so, sorry, James. <laughs> they James were never Taylor. a couple, Dave. No, we have discussed not. this. They were certainly not married. Uh, heard, heard Far and Rain by James Taylor. And King it James. has a line in it. Uh, I've seen lonely <laughs> times when I could not find a friend. In response, Carol King wrote, you've got a friend. And she sent it to uh, to James Taylor. So or, nice. I, you've got um, a friend. I'm... All you have to do is call and I'll come running. And okay. then... And then, so that's really sweet in itself. But then she sent it to James Taylor, and yeah. then they recorded two versions, the two of them, and some backing uh, artists that right, you mentioned babe. earlier. I'm getting, I'm getting the vibe. You want me to record a song called "You're My Pal"? <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. You can do your own version, <laughs> yeah. and then I will, I will get rid of that Carol King. She will no longer be your best friend. I'll be, I'll be back in the hot seat.
It's too uh. late, Brett. Is it? Against You've Got a Friend. It is too fucking late. We've gone over an hour. Play. Okay, Love A was lovely. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with... Um, oh, they're, yeah, they're both incredible melodies. Uh, I'm going to go with It's Too Late because it's just got a cool groove to it that I don't think is surpassed on this album. So I'm going to go with It's Too Late. I'm going to go It's Too Late because uh, You've Got a Friend doesn't need my... Uh, endorsement i mean it's it's all well, it does because it's just it's... had two votes against it yeah he's right you can't say that all right fine i i'm going you i don't like her, i don't like her version i don't like her version as much as i like his version which is difficult because uh, you know i've got to give her separately the kudos for the songwriting but we're voting for the, the actual performance and the actual song on this album and i i having said i'm just not a mad james taylor fan i do i prefer his version i'm not quite i don't like the way she staggers and times the words it's because he he holds them he holds the vowels it's you just call out my name and he holds the vowels where she goes you just call out my name and i i don't i don't like the way she holds those those words at all so i prefer his performance so i'm gonna go it's too late because it's amazeballs there you go that's my reasoning it's good okay my reasoning I'm going. You've got a friend. So two one. It's too late. Goes through to uh, the final. Uh, and so Dave the second looks crestfallen by that that we didn't for a, vote for. A You've got a friend. But we were getting back yeah. at you, Dave. We're a bit hurt by that. We're a bit stung yeah. by that, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We, but yeah, we don't. We don't want to vote for the friend song. I don't know if you noticed. No. We didn't vote for the friend yeah. song because friend is now a thorny issue. <laughs> and it's all. It's all got a bit frosty. Right. I, I can see. Otherwise, I was probably going to vote for that originally. Yeah. I too. can see. I, I can see how that works. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Just, I'm sorry. Just, just be clear. That's no, all right. <laughs> Carol we'll, King's we'll probably got so it. many best friends already because she yeah. is such a, a generous and basically, person. Dave, you can't do better than us. Then, no. and we're settling yes. with you. So it's a bit of a it's a strange gamble because you've put you've, you you're sort of pitching for a, a sort of Hollywood singer songwriter yeah. that's probably never going to yeah, be your yeah. friend, and in, and, your in, and in making this pitch, you, you've league. upset two that you have. Yeah. So yeah. the odds were pretty poor on this whole yeah, thing. It was a it was a bad gamble. Wasn't it? Because I yeah. mean, we were guaranteed to hear it. Carol King, very unlikely. Yeah, she probably, a she that probably she'd hear it, to the and B that yeah. she would she would go. Oh, I, I no. do actually need a best friend. It's I'm, disappointing. I'm low on them with because my not only is lifelong. is she the best friend that yeah, back one, on it, oh, one God. could ever have, but she's yeah. also the coolest girl in the room as well. I mean, who other in rock history writes Does, songs better than Lennon McCartney? It's just. Well, no one, no one writes songs better than Lennon. Well, McCartney. other than Carol King. No, 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 not even Carol King. No one does. No, no Gallagher. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. No Gallagher does. <laughs> I hope the irony was heard there. As much as I love Noel. Um, right. So what's happening, David? Come on, hold this together. Okay. So the second semi-final for the place in the final, which will be up against the place in the final to meet. It's too late. The second semi-final is so far away against Natural Woman. Um, natural woman's going to get my vote, so I'll leave it to you two to uh, decide. Yeah, natural woman, I think. Um, yes, I would make it three nil, natural woman. But oh, so far away, okay. I think uh, we haven't spent a lot of time with. Uh, no, so far, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. So, natural woman goes through three nil, and the final, the big one, is it's too late Ooh. against natural woman. 
Oh. I mean, it's ironic that Which it's is too late in the final because it is too late. We've been recording now for over an hour and 15 minutes. Don't worry, listener. We will edit it down. You won't have to tolerate all of our gibberings. But, <laughs> um, again, I'm going to go early. I. They're both really absolute crackers, aren't they? I am going to go with Natural Woman. I'm going to leave it to you to decide because yeah. you two love no, this I, album. I'm going to go Natural Woman. I think it's a, it's a, an amazing uh, amazing piece of music, and it, you know it, it's obvious. <laughs> it's difficult. Are you? Again, Are you going to? You're the, thinking I've, about the other one, aren't you? Well, I think Torn. we've not talked about her as a singer, and I. I think she's a great piano player. I think she's an incredible lyricist and songwriter. And I think she's a good singer. And I wouldn't put it more strongly than that. And am I being influenced by the fact that possibly the greatest female vocalist of all time mm. did a version of this, had it written for her, and I'm thinking and of that it. version? Mm. Am I really voting for the song rather than the version? And it's the album tapestry we're talking about here. I'm talking myself out of it. I don't mm. think I voted for it's too late last time around, but I think it's too late is is the better performance and song on it's, the album. I'm going to go. It's too it's late. Never, it's Talks never too late it. to change your mind, Stephen. You've just done it. Lovely yeah, stuff, yeah. Dave. The deciding vote is up to you. I mean, what I like about Natural Woman is, and this is something that maybe only a, a woman as a songwriter would do. She actually on musically on the notes, she as she says, "You make me feel like a natural born woman." She goes down. A lot. If a man wrote that with that lyric, he'd definitely have taken the music up at that point. So it's so interesting that she goes down almost into her the lowest part of her register to sing that. It's like serious. It's so interesting that, okay. um, and that's something. That, that's great. I never yeah. noticed that. That's yeah. It's, I think you're yeah, right. And it's very interesting because it goes up. The music goes. You make me. You make me. You make me feel like natural. natural. And yeah, then she, she goes, goes right uh, up right at the end, doesn't she? Natural yeah. woman. Well, yeah, but only a little. Yeah, yeah, because she's bit. really yeah, gone up and up and up. You make me feel, you make me feel. It goes higher. Is that are you sort of saying that's because that's perceived as a masculine thing to do? I so just think if a man had given had that been given that lyric, he would have on that line he'd have gone up. He, that'd been his hit point where he'd gone up. And for her to make that choice is really interesting as a female songwriter yeah. and a female songwriter in a time when it's almost unheard of to be a female songwriter. And she's she's got the obviously she's got the kind of the ability to just do what's right for the song and not what yeah. is kind of expected that's why she's sustained as a songwriter and her songs have sustained so Dave what are oh, you interesting. So, Brett you've gone Natural Woman Steve you've gone It's Too mm. Late I have I talked myself uh, around yeah. I, so I would you, go uh, what, you, what you said earlier uh, she's got a good voice you wouldn't go above that I certainly would go above that I think she's got a uh, a great voice I'm I mean I, there's nobody that I put above Aretha Franklin male or female in the whole history we, of we pop rock that. soul no. whatever I, I i think mm. aretha gives it the performance it it deserves that song i know that this is not about aretha's version this is about um carol king's version but i i think carol king has an amazing voice uh as well i mean i'd certainly put her she's got a kind of a very a, a, a kind of a twangy very american voice it's very it's slightly it's got more a very blues isn't cutting. it than soul yeah, it's got a slight nasal thing to it, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way. A lot of Americans sing with a nasal quality. They go, they're there. They're there, and that's so they got that presence, um, which is very American. But so, I, I think her, yeah. her performance is, is really good. So Aretha is top of the mountain for me when it comes to vocalists, but um, I think uh, Carol King's uh, performance of this is it, it is also very, very good. Um, I think it's the best one on the album for me. 
her performance and and even if I needed any other reasoning which I don't but um, Google the uh, the video uh, I think it's all over YouTube of when uh, Barack Obama presented with Carol uh, presented Carol King with the Gershwin Prize which is the highest songwriting mm. prize that you can get in the US uh, there was a special gala night in the East Room at the White House um, it is all over YouTube uh, there's a video where Aretha comes out right at the end I think and she's singing this song in front of Obama and Carol King and all the other guests and when Aretha um, she sort of emerges from the shadows at the back of the stage she breaks into this song and then the camera pans around and you can see Obama wiping tears from his cheek and Carol King is just beside herself she's just like like she's going to burst it's, it's an incredible moment um, and, and for me just when you think that this song can't give you anything else when it when it suffers from Wonderwall syndrome and you think you've heard it so many times Aretha's version it's it just takes it to another level so um, natural woman Hey, McCartney and Goal listener friends. If you're enjoying this musical Whiffle Waffle Times, why don't you subscribe uh-huh. to it with the bell? Is there a bell? Is that, so that's no, a YouTube thing, no. is it? Ignore the bell. Just subscribe. Subscribe like you would in the days when you subscribed to a magazine, when you wrote to the magazine, yeah. and then the, the yeah. they sent Wrap you it up. The, Wrap it up. the magazine in the post, that one. Yeah, do that. Yeah, oh, good. no, okay. Steve, does Paul McCartney get harmed during the making of this book? <laughs> oh, I worry. No, Paul McCartney If I subscribe, will any... he be harmed further? No, no. To be, if you subscribe, he won't be any more harmed than he is at the moment, which Ooh. is not at all. So it's fine. Don't there don't, don't be worried, freakish Dickensian child. <laughs> <laughs> he won't be harmed.